0: Section 12 of Calculus Made Easy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jargoniel. Calculus Made Easy by Sylvanus P. Thompson. CHAPTER Eight When Time Varies. Part One. Some of the most important problems of the calculus are those where time is the independent variable, and we have to think about the values of some other quantity that varies when the time varies. Some things grow larger as time goes on. Some other things grow smaller. The distance that a train has got from its starting place goes on ever increasing as time goes on. Trees grow taller as the years go by. Which is growing at the greater rate? a plant 12 inches high, which in one month becomes 14 inches high, or a tree 12 feet high, which in a year becomes 14 feet high. In this chapter, we are going to make much use of the word rate. Nothing to do with poor rate or water rate, except that even here the word suggests a proportion, a ratio, so many pence in the pound. Nothing to do even with birth rate or death rate though these words suggest so many births or deaths per thousand of the population. When a motor car whizzes by us, we say, what a terrific rate! When a spendthrift is flinging about his money, we remark that that young man is living at a prodigious rate. What do we mean by rate? In both these cases, we are making a mental comparison of something that is happening and the length of time that it takes to happen. If the motor car flies past us, going 10 yards per second, a simple bit of mental arithmetic will show us that this is the equivalent, while it lasts, to a rate of 600 yards per minute, or over 20 miles per hour. Now, in what sense is it true that a speed of 10 yards per second is the same as 600 yards per minute? ten yards is not the same as six hundred yards nor is one second the same thing as one minute what we mean by saying that the rate is the same is this that the proportion borne between distance passed over and time taken to pass over it is the same in both cases take another example a man may have only a few pounds in his possession and yet be able to spend money at the rate of millions a year, provided he goes on spending money at that rate for a few minutes only. Suppose you hand a shilling over the counter to pay for some goods, and suppose the operation lasts exactly one second. Then, during that brief operation, you are parting with your money at the rate of one shilling per second which is the same rate as three pounds per minute, or one hundred eighty pounds per hour, or four thousand three hundred twenty pounds per day, or one million five hundred seventy six thousand eight hundred pounds per year. If you have ten pounds in your pocket, you can go on spending money at the rate of a million a year for just five and one quarter minutes. It is said that Sandy had not been in London above five minutes, when bang went sixpence. If he were to spend money at that rate, all day long, say for twelve hours, he would be spending six shillings an hour, or three pound twelve shillings per day, or twenty-one pound twelve shillings a week, not counting the Sabbath. Now try to put some of these ideas into differential notation. Let y in this case stand for money, and let t stand for time. If you are spending money, and the amount you spend in a short time dt be called dy, the rate of spending it will be dy over dt, or rather should be written with a minus sign as negative dy over dt, because dy is a decrement, not an increment. But money is not a good example for the calculus, because it generally comes and goes by jumps, not by a continuous flow. You may earn two hundred pounds a year, but it does not keep running in all day long in a thin stream. It comes in only weekly, or monthly, or quarterly, in lumps, and your expenditure also goes out in sudden payments. A more apt illustration of the idea of a rate is furnished by the speed of a moving body. From London, Euston Station, to Liverpool, is 200 miles. If a train leaves London at 7 o'clock and reaches Liverpool at 11 o'clock, you know that since it has traveled 200 miles in four hours, its average rate must have been 50 miles per hour because 200 divided by 4 equals 50 divided by 1. Here you are really making a mental comparison between the distance passed over and the time taken to pass over it. You are dividing one by the other. If y is the whole distance and t the whole time, clearly the average rate is y over t. Now the speed was not actually constant all the way. At starting and during the slowing up at the end of the journey, the speed was less. Probably at some part, when running downhill, the speed was over 60 miles an hour. If during any particular element of time, dt, the corresponding element of distance passed over was dy, then at that part of the journey, the speed was dy over dt. The rate at which one quantity, in the present instance, distance, is changing in relation to the other quantity, in this case time, is properly expressed, then, by stating the differential coefficient of one with respect to the other. A velocity, scientifically expressed, is the rate at which a very small distance, in any given direction, is being passed over, and may therefore be written, v equals dy over dt, but if the velocity v is not uniform, then it must be either increasing or else decreasing. The rate at which a velocity is increasing is called the acceleration. If a moving body is, at any particular instant, gaining an additional velocity dv in an element of time dt, then the acceleration a at that instant may be written A equals DV over DT, but DV is itself D times DY over DT. Hence, we may put A equals D times DY over DT all over DT. And this is usually written a equals d squared y over dt squared. Or the acceleration is the second differential coefficient of the distance with respect to time. Acceleration is expressed as a change of velocity in unit time. For instance, as being so many feet per second per second. The notation used being feet divided by second squared. When a railway train has just begun to move, its velocity v is small, but it is rapidly gaining speed. It is being hurried up, or accelerated, by the effort of the engine, so its d squared y over dt squared is large. When it has got up its top speed, it is no longer being accelerated, so that then d squared y over dt squared has fallen to zero. But when it nears its stopping place, its speed begins to slow down. May indeed slow down very quickly if the brakes are put on. And during this period of deceleration, or slackening of pace, the value of dv over dt, that is, of d squared y over dt squared, will be negative. To accelerate a mass, m requires the continuous application of force the force necessary to accelerate a mass is proportional to the mass and it is also proportional to the acceleration which is being imparted hence we may write for the force f the expression f equals ma or f equals m times dv over dt or f equals m times d squared y over dt squared. The product of a mass by the speed at which it is going is called its momentum, and is in symbols mv. If we differentiate momentum with respect to time, we shall get d times mv all over dt, for the rate of change of momentum. But since m is a constant quantity, this may be written m times dv over dt, which we see above is the same as f. That is to say, force may be expressed either as mass times acceleration or as rate of change of momentum. Again, if a force is employed to move something against an equal and opposite counter force, it does work, and the amount of work done is measured by the product of the force into the distance, in its own direction, through which its point of application moves forward. So if a force F moves forward through a length Y, the work done, which we may call W, will be W equals F times Y, where we take F as a constant force. If the force varies at different parts of the range Y, then we must find an expression for its value from point to point. If f be the force along the small element of length dy, the amount of work done will be f times dy. But as dy is only an element of length, only an element of work will be done. If we write w for work, then an element of work will be dw and we have dw equals f times dy, which may be written dw equals ma times dy, or dw equals m times d squared y over dt squared times dy, or dw equals m times dv over dt, times dy. Further, we may transpose the expression and write dw over dy equals f. This gives us yet a third definition of force, that if it is being used to produce a displacement in any direction, the force in that direction is equal to the rate at which work is being done per unit of length in that direction. In this last sentence, the word rate is clearly not used in its time sense but in its meaning as ratio or proportion sir isaac newton who was along with Leibniz, an inventor of the methods of the calculus regarded all quantities that were varying as flowing and the ratio which we nowadays call the differential coefficient he regarded as the rate of flowing or the fluxion of the quantity in question. He did not use the notation of the dy and dx and dt. This was due to Leibniz, but had instead a notation of his own. If y was a quantity that varied or flowed, then his symbol for its rate of variation or fluxion was y dot. If x was the variable, then its fluxion was called x dot. The dot over the letter indicated that it had been differentiated, but this notation does not tell us what is the independent variable with respect to which the differentiation has been effected. When we see dy over dt, we know that y is to be differentiated with respect to t. If we see dy over dx, we know that y is to be differentiated with respect to x, but if we see merely y dot, we cannot tell without looking at the context whether this is to mean dy over dx, or dy over dt, or dy over dz, or what is the other variable. So therefore, this flexional notation is less informing than the differential notation, and has in consequence largely dropped out of use but its simplicity gives it an advantage if only we will agree to use it for those cases exclusively where time is the independent variable. In that case, y dot will mean dy over dt, and u dot will mean du over dt, and x double dot will mean d squared x over dt squared. Adopting this flexional notation, we may write the mechanical equations considered in the paragraphs above as follows. Distance, x. Velocity, v equals x dot. Acceleration, a equals v dot equals x double dot. Force, f equals mv dot equals mx double dot. Work W equals X times mx double dot end of section twelve recording by Jargon.